Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corey. Brett is not here, but as always, punctual. Bonfa. <laughs> choo choo. That's right, Corey. Oh, this Brett bloke. He's an absolute wanker, if I can say that on air. Um, but yeah, mate, the Bomb Express is back. Don't you worry about that. And today, for the listeners, what do we have in store, Corey? We've got. A few questions. We'll talk about team structure and that sort of stuff before we get stuck into some team podcasts in the uh, in the upcoming weeks as we wind down towards round one. But before we get into all that, Corey, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. And as always, on the super active uh, webpage at www.supercoachelites.com. We've got our daily articles up every day except Saturdays at the moment, which is good. Um, we've normally got a team drop every Saturday. The forums are going nuts in there too, so jump in there, have a chat with the community. Um, but there's some, some good reads. I know I look forward to reading your articles at every Wednesday that you drop. Yeah, I, I drop every bargains. Yeah. Um, I'm on Mondays, but it's yeah, I'm getting a lot out of everyone else's articles, probably more than writing my own at the moment too. So, <laughs> um, absolutely loving that. But definitely get on, check it out. Um, Bretta, look, he's got some work commitments at the moment. Just started at a a new role in a in a new job, and you know, it's you'd think we've got what 24 hours in a day. You think we could get half an hour out of Brett somewhere, but... That's all we need, Corey. Actually, you know what? We, we probably only need about 20 for him because that's how much input he'd probably have, but this is absolutely pathetic, man. I don't even know. If he, he probably reckons he doesn't even have time to listen to the podcast, um, but you know what the positive out of this is, Corey? Hit me, mate. Life's better when I don't speak to Brett <laughs> and I only speak to him on the podcast, so life's pretty bloody good for me at the moment. Not to mention, I'm we, look, we know there's the chilly challenge that he's, it's, it's no shock <laughs> he's that he's hiding from hard. Yeah. He's bitching out so hard in uh, we, I'm so confident we, that's the case. We had a bit of a day out yesterday at uh, good old uh, Sporting Globe um, for the Super Bowl. Uh, where my unfortunate LA Rams did not get the win, <laughs> but ha- had first thing first thing in the morning some habanero hot wings. We started oh, off with they, they had a bit of a kick to them. Absolutely so, loved them though, though didn't we? Absolutely loved them. I don't we know how Brett's going to go. And, and we we made comment about Brett. He, he's going to be screwed with this reaper if he ever has the balls to actually do it. Uh, but yeah, man, those habanero wings yesterday, they, they were they were a thing sort of on on another planet, man. They were on another level. Oh well. Enough of, enough about Brett anyway. He's getting too much airtime for someone that's not rocking up to <laughs> not gonna, rocking up to work. Um, let's get into some structures right now. And this is kind of the question that's everyone's talking about. I've seen some different ones out there. A lot of teams running the standard three three three. Oh sorry, three forwards, three midfielders. Man, I can't even get this right. Three forwards, three <laughs> defenders. Um, you'd have about five or six midfielders, and then that ruck situation. What are you? What are you playing with at, at the moment, at the oh. present time? Before we uh, get into some some chat, I'll tell you the the earlier it is in preseason, the more mid madness you'll see from me. And probably what will happen is I'll start to think about thirty trades, and I'll start to think about how many uh, you know I'll need to use later in the year. And, You'll start to see me wind down towards more of a uh, like a you know ultra primo and rookie type setup. But the question was, what do I have currently? Currently, I'm rocking uh, three primos up back cores with um, with one mid pricer, and that one actually being Dill Robertson still at the moment. 
And uh, look, if you want to count this in terms of structure, because I've got about a $200,000 while they uh, play there sitting in, in defense. Looking to my midfield, this is probably where I changed a little bit compared to my uh, my team drop. Uh, I think it was about a fortnight ago now. I'm only running the four primos in the midfield. And that's because I'm finding it really hard to pass up on either Libba or Miles. So I'm actually going four and two in the midfield. And Sammy Walsh sitting in there at uh, number seven as a, as a 200k player. I've elected to go with the uh, the one ruck and uh, the Fornix at the moment. Um, that's you know pretty much banking a, a lot on Fort uh, or someone uh, sort of cheap ruckman getting a gig in round one. And then up forward at the moment, I've just gone the three primos, no mid prices, and I've kind of just got you know your Blakeleys and your set of fields as you know a little bit more highly priced uh, forward line rookies sitting there at the moment. But that's me. It's uh, it's funny because we haven't really spoken about teams or structure or anything no. previously, um, and I've got I've no, we're not the same, but we're not too far off. I've got the three primos um, down back, just three big boys, um, nothing exciting, just followed by the rooks. But when we get into the midfield, I have gone the four primos with Miles and Libra at the moment too, and Walsh sitting at. Um, M7. Currently, just off, that was a, a tinker that I had um, yesterday, or this morning after yesterday's comments that uh, Simo made about how impressive Walsh was at training. But, yeah, I didn't think that there'd be a chance that both of us would be running two mid-prices in there, which we'll certainly talk about. Um, in the ruck department, I've got Grundy, the Phoenix, and Sam Naismith sitting there for cover at the moment. Um, obviously, if something cheaper can pop up, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Um, and I've got three primo forwards with still jumping Joe Danaher sitting at uh, <laughs> F4. That was a bit of a play that I had a little while ago. So um, haven't messed around too much with that. But the one this week that I was big on was, yeah, Sammy Menengola. So I had a play to get him in, and that involved that midfield. Um, area obviously coming in close to the season. If I can, that Danaher pick, if, the, if that cash needs to be used some elsewhere, it'll be Danaher first to go. But um, yeah, that was just a bit of a tinker the other day. But yeah, three, four primo mids with the two mid prices. The primo ruck with Mummy, the Phoenix, and Naismith. There's a lot of money in there too that I'm not too sure about. Um, I'm really hoping we can get something gifted a little bit later on. But, yeah, the three premium forwards, it was something that I only just got into recently, um, and we'll kind of have a little bit more chat on that. Now, I was so set on the two premium forwards, a little bit lower, using that money in the midfield, but right now I'm finding it hard to ignore Dangerfield, Menengola, and Heaney. So what did you say your setup was for the forward lot? Yeah, so I've actually got the exact same uh, three primos yeah. in the forward line, but... Menegola, I'm kind of tossing up between him, Smith, and uh, Wingard, and look, there's probably going to be one or two others kind of pushing yeah. for that did, selection there did too. Did you ever have a look at less than three primo forwards? I did when I was running Toby Green at F3, but I'm yeah. so anti that at the moment, That's and insane. I'm so anti Toby Green that I've just gone three forward line players who I think will be top six and and who can churn out 22 games each. Yeah, and uh, just feel confident in in doing that and. I mean, the reason for that is pretty much Liberatore and, and Miles. I mean, the reason I went ahead and did this is I, I was running Zach Merritt and Toby Green, but for some reason I feel a lot more confident running Menegola and Anthony Miles. 
Um, just, I mean, Merritt is obviously no lock to be a top eight, um, where I feel Menegola is pretty safe to kind of be a top six forward. And I think Miles has probably got more money to make than, than Toby Green and will probably actually score better than him. So that was kind of my rationale to, to doing that move. I've got something coming out with the in the stat lab on the website uh, very shortly. It's been a huge in-depth research project. Um, mm. But a player like Menengola, um, off the current day crop, hasn't missed a top six finish since he's started just off average. So um, mm. more to come. You'll see that. I've done the write-up on him this week too. So I'm in love with Menengola. Um, yeah. and can't see how I wouldn't go the three big boys. I did have that play with the two of them and Toby Green, like you said, um, and had a little bit more cash up forward. Now, the question I want to pose is it: do you feel this year the mid-prices are almost as good as we've ever had, or are we just super optimistic because they haven't let us down yet? You know, like, think to years past, who did we have? Omira, who's the other one? Yeah, the mid price last year. Yeah, um, Kniggs was a, probably a little bit more expensive, but, it, but he this, was a, he was more of a mid price. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, is this more is is this the best year we've had for that? I think what we're getting this year, and it's interesting, you know, is it the best mid price year? I, to me, this they they aren't mid prices. These guys, to me, these guys are kind of fallen primos. Yeah, if we're referring to Green, Libba, Roberton, Brody Smith, Mumford, Miles. You probably wouldn't consult, consider him a form primo, yep. but he's certainly someone who, who we can, yeah, who's got a decent enough track record to say, yeah, we can have some confidence in, in his ability to kind of go ninety plus on on any given week. Um, so I think, like, yeah, I think we're getting a lot of we got a lot of fallen primos as opposed to mid prices, and I and I feel a lot more comfortable picking falling primos than I do mid mid price uh, players. It's just crazy. I just, I, I can't recall. All right, what's one of the craziest things you've done, had to play around with, seen so far when it comes to any of the lines? I, I, I think the uh, the thing that I think is the craziest and the thing I feel least comfortable about is actually running the Fornox at, uh, at number two. Um, and, and that's Mumford for those who haven't tuned in the previous podcast. It just looks weird and it looks unsafe and it has danger written all over it. But boy, if that pays off, am I in such a good position? Not to mention, can you just uh, reiterate the fact that you know Shane Mumford's not playing the first two rounds. You play for league. I do. And... I, do. I play for league, so I'm, I'm wrapped that you'll be there round three on while I'm assuming he's going to get picked for round three. And my plan is to have, you know, a kind of 200k or, or sub 200k player who gets named around one just dumping him on field. So someone like a Darcy Ford or a you know, a Cameron or a Naismith or, you know, any one of the 100 blokes, you know, was it longer, I think, even sits around yeah. that sort of 200k price. Zach Clark pops up somehow. Zach Clark, that's right. There is a wealth of them, and I feel like we're going to get one of them at round one. And if I'm confident and word out of GWS is that month that is good to go for round three, I don't see how I don't start with it. Another stat lab plug it's an interesting stat to see where he's finished the the, the track record of Mumford for um, top you know 10 let alone top 5 in that ruck department is crazy out of the current day rucks too so and there's another one that's that's a fallen primo as opposed to a uh, as, as a mid price he's mid priced but he's we're not when to me mid price is kind of that classic breakout player that's what we're looking for we're looking for that breakout player kind of like Canilio was last year 
But this is more of a fallen primo type situation here uh, with with Mumford as well. We've all uh, we've all had extreme tinkers with our teams. I mean, take a photo day one compared to now, your team would look like a polar opposite. I think the craziest thing I've done so far was uh, went I think four almost premium defenders with uh, Robertson sitting at um, D five <laughs> when the whole kick in rule. Um, that is deep. <laughs> yeah, it was like kicking off and points and looking at that. I think I had, you know, Witherden. Uh, is that what it went? Like Lloyd, Laird, Witherden, Whitfield. Um, yeah, Dylan Robertson. Um, and then that would have included probably Semi Collins at 188k as well. So <laughs> it, it was an expensive defence. But um, look, I don't think there is any right or wrong structure really. What do you think about the the spending the big board the the money on the rucks, the the two big boys. I mean, we spoke about it in our ruck podcast, but you had to play with that yeah. with the Gordon Grundy. No, I, I can't because any time I kind of try to get Mumford back up to Gorn, I feel like one of my other lines kind of become particularly weak. So, you know, I don't really want to get rid of one of Miles and Libba, and I'm not prepared to part with Robinson at this stage either. And in order to get Mumford up, one of them would have to go, and. Um, you know when like you just like you look at your team and all of a sudden your team looks good or your team looks shit just by one move. Yeah. Even though there's you know realistically there's not much difference, but when I take Robert and out of my defense and Collins gets pushed up to uh, D four and Dersmer's up to D five. Yeah. And let's be honest, we've got no idea if these blokes will even play five games this year, but that's kind of where we're sitting at the moment. I think Collins will be, but yeah. They probably <laughs> will start the year, but I mean, we've got we've literally got no idea until teams announce, don't do we? So, um, I just, when when those players kind of slide down another position, and then you've got Robert in there, who I feel like can be uh, sort of a top six, or around about that top six kind of defender, just feels so much more comfortable. And, and I just know that, you know, midfield players like Libra and Miles, who can average 90-plus probably pretty comfortably um, a pair, are probably pretty hard to ignore as well. Um, and the unfortunate thing is, do I, you know, in order to kind of get one of those big boys back in the ruck, do I have to sacrifice a Menegola or Heaney and then run Toby Green in my forward line just so I can get the other premium ruck? And I look at it, and, and you know I'm a big fan of this, I look at, you know, it's not just a one trade for one trade, it's usually a 2v2 or a 3v3. So, you know, would I rather Menegola and Mumford or would I rather Toby Green and Todd Goldstein? Yep. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm just all for Menegola and Mumford at the moment. Um, I, I don't, I don't, you know, uh, what's what's the word? I don't hate on any team that's running Grundy and Gorn, but because I think it's still safe as, uh, well, probably the housing market because that fluctuates a little bit, but it, it's generally pretty, pretty good long-term investment. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I, look, I don't hate on it, but I think that there's a fair bit of value in other places, and unfortunately, we all start with a salary cap. How scared are you? Well, not how scared, but that, that frantic change. Say, the big hypothetical game, we get to Thursday night, teams are coming out, or Wednesday night, whenever it's going to be, pre-round one. Maxi Gorn's named in the ruck, and Bruce isn't named. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll probably be doing everything to get Gorn back in. <laughs> Destroyed <laughs> that, a whole a whole summer's worth is, of work. <laughs> it's genuinely the reality. But this is what we've got to do. And you know, you, you hate it when I say this, but we got forty. We got just under forty-four uh, days to go until well, at the time of recording now. Anyway, until round one, it's not enough time. 
We need to tinker almost now and have a plan for every bloody situation round one has to offer. Screenshot the teams, label them. If Gorn's named and no Proust, um, you know, what if there's no Toby Green? You know, what happens if there's an injury to fight? You're almost going to make about 24 different teams at the moment just to help you through that frantic last 48 just hours. Just to be mentally hours. prepared. Well, remember right. last year, we, Dangerfield was injured. Remember, mm. and the injury wasn't that bad, and then it was this, and then it was that, and then we got into round one, and the guy's basically lined up full forward. And Good I think, yeah, I think you've just got to, I mean, never not pick Dangerfield. Um, but I think you've just got to, yeah, almost have plans and labelled plans and ideas that go through your mind, like touch wood hypothetically, well, here's a case, you know, Nat Fife might miss out on the most loved competition in the world, AFLX, with a elbow injury at the moment. So, yeah. all right, well, let's start preparing what would my team look like without Fife. I mean, that's a pretty easy one because you probably just go to Oliver or Cali or Cripps or someone you don't have around that price, but... Up to McRae, who's yeah. all of a sudden getting a lot more love or a lucky new. I think uh, I think the rucks is one that you definitely have to plan for. What happens if you've gone the whole off season banking that Mumford's going to, you know, be back round three and that we're going to have an option pop up and it doesn't happen? You know, you don't want to come right down to the end and then that you, you've got two or three days before round one starts to make a decision on what you're going to do there. Just have little plans, have little tinkers in the back of your mind. Screenshot those teams. It's almost the most important thing you can do. Your camera mm. roll is going to look disgusting, but... <laughs> Just get a fall up on export, the computer. Yeah, export them to the computer and have them there. But yeah, anything else? Oh, here's another question. Where do you see, I mean, again, a bit of a guesstimate, where do you see the, the the bulk points coming from from our rookies this year? You reckon defenders or forwards going to produce more better scoring well, rookies? I was pretty confident on um, on some defenders uh, early on when I, when I kind of first selected teams, but... I'm starting to really come around to the midfield. Like to be honest, I think Walsh is an absolute lock. There's that Bewley fella from Frio. I think there's there's the Hind from St Kilda. I think we I think Carlton are going to produce another one in Gibbons. I think that one's going to be an absolute lock at 102k when he's officially put on the list. There, I think we're going to have at least four who would certainly be playing round one and would be relatively comfortable enough starting them. And that's not to mention, you know, other players who are kind of Ford mid eligible, like, you know, your Setterfield, but I guess most people would pick him up front kind of thing. Um, you know, your Ian Hills from, from GWS as well. Dersma's a defender mid eligible yeah. as well. So I think there's a lot of kind of midfield listed players who are going to give us um, a fair bit of coin this year. So you're saying midfield defence forward line? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably, but I mean, it's pretty hard to move past players kind of like Blakey and Setterfield who, to me, and, you know, even Kavara, if he's named round one, they just kind of, their names stand out a lot more than what we've produced with defence. Defence at the moment, the only one I'm absolutely loving is Sam Collins, and, and that's purely because whatever kind of, what, what tier was he playing? Was it VFL, was it Sanford, whatever yeah, he was both. playing last year? Yeah, Waffle, VFL last year, Waffle the year before. Yeah, he was averaging 124 or something, I think, in the, uh, in that, in the whatever state league he was playing last year, yeah, Supercoach points. His interceptability was so shocked when he was delisted by Fremantle a few years back as well. Real stiff, given that Freo don't have a large amount of key defenders and McFarlane was on the way out um, back then. So I'm real comfortable with Collins, but I don't think there's much else uh, in, in defense sitting there right now for us. Uh, crazy intercept stats from Sam Collins in the last two years of uh, 
Oh, sorry, the VFL and Waffle, like you said. I think he has the record, the the, the two best records for most interstep um, marks in both competitions, like year mm. on, year out. Like, broke it two years ago and then re-broke his record um, last year as well. I think he's going to be a gem down back. But, yeah, anything else structure-wise you want to talk about? Yeah, look, I, I just, I'm concerned that people get too fast sucked into these mid-priced or fallen primo-type players. I think there's only so many that you can run. I don't think there's a, a maximum number you can have on any given line, though. Um, but I think there is a maximum of them that you can kind of carry into the season. And, look, at the moment, I'm, I'm sitting on four, but I'm not particularly comfortable with anything three or more. I mean, you know, they, these blokes have a very specific purpose, right? They're, they're almost like the fallopian tube in the, in the female body. They're there just to carry the egg. They're there just to carry us to, to the next primo that we kind of want to bring in. That's their role, right? Um I, th- I don't think we can have, look, and, and I, I guess you can call me, uh, what's the word when you say something but you do the opposite? What's that word? Uh, hypocrite. Hypocrite. You can call me a hypocrite if you want because I'm running four at the moment. But I think three is kind of the absolute max that you can kind of have. So, And I think the reality is, is that with myself, I know when I come closer to the season start, I'm going to be shuffling things to kind of get as many kind of best 22 players on the whole season um, sitting in my team. I know you get another hypocritical statement from me too, because I always talk about how it's a new year. It's not last year. It's you know, it's twenty nineteen, not twenty eighteen. But uh, history in Supercoach is a, is a big thing you should look at, and and just go back to how many of us have, have burnt them in the past, and you know names that fly out that we all consider in the off season. You know, take it back to that. I think it was Jasper Pittard. He had an off season one year that we all thought he was going to be the highest scoring defender. You know, obviously didn't eventuate and. You always have to go back and look. What did Jaeger O'Meara do at the start of last year? What did Swallow do at the start of last year? I mean, you know, injuries and things happen as well. They're a little bit different because they were injured players. They didn't really have like a great track record, record prior, besides their first years when they absolutely killed it. But um, yeah, I think you have to do. Remember, you know, for those players who have played two, three, four years, as much as the good ones pop up, like we said before, you can nearly go when Libba first come back from that injury and absolutely set the world on fire. Uh, always remember back to, all right, who have I picked previously that burnt me? What kind of traits or characteristics do they share? Very, very similar. The guns and rookies approach always works for everyone. You can't get that too wrong, but yeah. I think though, if you're playing for overall, you need to you need to oh, be able to definitely. have a couple of them mid-priced players. I, I think that's that's a pretty important thing because if you're weighing up, let's say for instance, uh, Miles and Dylan Roberton, um, you know, would you prefer Miles and Dylan Roberton or say a hundred k rookie defender and a five hundred and fifty k kind of midfielder who might be someone like a Dusty? So, you know, Dusty and a, and a rookie price defender or Miles and Robertson. I think Miles and Robertson are going to give you more points to kind of start the year. And, and that's kind of, you know, got a wane to your thinking as well. If you're playing for overall, the more of those little things that you can do to gain your early season points is important. But you can't go over the top with that. Because if you go over the top, you're chasing tail all year to trade all of them out, to upgrade all of them to, to someone really good. And by the time kind of you know it hits round sixteen or kind of buys or post buys, you're still running, um, you know, a fair few of those mid prices. Whereas other teams are pretty much complete and they've gotten all their primos in. So 
they're kind of going, you know, real helter-skelter uh, from that point while you're still trying to upgrade, you know, those uh, wealth of uh, mid-kind mid of price players that, or fallen primos that you would had for the whole year. Another one there too is backy gut. I mean, how often have you seen players and how often have we been wrong about players where, you know, someone said, oh, what about this guy? And, you know, you laugh it off or you say, don't, no, nah, don't even worry about that, blah, blah, blah. You tend to listen to too many other people. You don't back your gut. You walk into the start of the season and you're destroyed. I can name a couple right here. Um, Brett, last year, who did he want to pick, Bonts? Who did Brett want to pick in the preseason? But we were, well, you almost bullied him out of it. Jack McRae. Jack McRae. Uh, the year before, I wanted Titch when he moved to Hawthorne. Brett said you can't pick Titch in a new club, blah, blah, blah. Talked me out of it. Back your gut. If you think that someone is going to have a huge year, then back it. But always try and look at the statistical data to back that up. It's almost impossible to say that 11 mid-price players are going to, are going to come to that next tier. Again, big stat lab, um, stat lab item coming out, but I've gone back through. I've looked at the top 10s. I've checked all this out. We're lucky if we get one a year, sub 500k, who can finish as a top 10 midfielder coming into the next year. So, but there's always, there are those stepping stones, those that help. But you want to try and get as much of the top, you know, six players in your team from the get-go as you possibly can, paired up with the rise mid prices, and that's a good way that you win in the 50k coming into the year. But, uh, I agree. Yeah. Move on to some questions. Let's go for it. In no particular order. Uh, uh, we'll start with the Facebook ones. Um, sure. Michael uh, Savory, where the hell is Bretta? Oh. If, if Michael Savory, if, if he knows where Bretta is, um, please don't tell us because, to be honest, we don't, we don't fucking want him back. <laughs> yep, well, that's uh, one way to put it. No, Brett has some uh, serious work commitments at the moment. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have to make do without him um, for the short period. We can take some cheap and easy pot shots at him, which is always fun, so that'll continue to happen. Um, but he is trying to get back on and trying to do what he can. Oh, and... I don't believe a word of that. We have offered, we have bent over backwards. We have said to Bretta, we'd wake up at 3 a.m. if necessary. We'd set alarms for you, Bretta, to make sure you're on the podcast. He's, he's just got absolutely no commitment there, Michael. Uh, just get rid of him in your thoughts, because he, he's done for. Uh, Will McNeil, <laughs> Miles, Libba, or Walsh? Uh, I'm running all three. Uh, I, I suppose he wants us to go one, two, three, though. Yep. Um, uh, currently, it would be Miles, Walsh, Libba. Uh, I'd be Miles, Libba, Walsh, and it's funny, and this is how quick the world can change. You asked me that a week ago, I'm probably taking Libba ahead of Miles. My love for Miles in the last week has gone through the roof. Uh, here's, here's another good one. Uh, Luke Miller, uh, Leighton or Tomich? <laughs> that doesn't have a wink face after Tomich by any chance, nah, does it? Nah, definitely doesn't. <laughs> I didn't watch the interview, uh, but I've seen the commercials. Oh, absolutely shocking! I think he's got some sort of involuntary tick or something because <sighs> it almost looked like he was. It was. It was bloody. Uh, well, it was Chris Gale like, you know, that don't blush, baby. It was. It was quite <laughs> that esque. The, the amount of times he was winking at the uh, news reporter there. But um, I, I'm on kind of Leighton's team because I, I think Tomich is, is carrying himself off an absolute pain at the moment. Oh, it's all a joke. It's yeah. just a massive fastball. Uh, Harrison Lowe, there seems to be better quality mid-price options this year than other years. Is this correct, or is it just because they haven't burnt us yet? Spoke about this briefly before. 
Yeah, I think it comes back to the whole concept that I'm kind of talking about, about being fallen primos as opposed to, you know, those kind of traditional mid-price kind of breakout candidate players. And um, But I think, look, the reality is that we get these every single year. And this question will come up year after year after year saying, oh, isn't this the best? I remember it coming up last year, you know. Yeah, yeah. All the players we had last year as well, man. Like, uh, people get sucked in every year. And that's what Supercoach does to you. I mean, sometimes the price sucks, sucks you into something that can be rewarding, but uh, that's often carried with a lot of risk. I was going to say, the risk is a big thing. Like, a player like Libba, you got to remember, yeah, he scored good points before, but he's coming off, what, his second or third knee back into a pretty stacked midfield right now. Um, you know, I, I don't doubt it, but does he still have it? Can he return bigger and stronger and faster and all those things? Is there risk of re-injury? That's why he's priced what he's priced at, um, because he is coming back. So there is a huge risk with all these players. And again, yeah, yeah. Was it Swallow last year? Did he go down injured? Um, was that last year, or the year before, or it might have been the year before. Can't really it wasn't Breder all over Swallow, and he was giving me shit for being all over Amir or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so. Been two years back. You know, just shit like that. Um, yeah. You've just got to be prepared for it. Uh, Brad Waldron, longer mummy Naismith trifecta to get early cash. Should have brought this up before when I was talking about the mm. crazy things you've done. I played with something similar to this. Uh, what, as in all three rucks? Yeah. Right, they were like your three. Cheap, cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, all your other lines would have looked real pretty, but the ugliness of that ruck line, I probably couldn't have moved past. What happens if Longer was solo at St Kilda, Mummy was solo at JWS, and Naismith was named solo at Sydney? Hot come round one. And genuinely not the, the stupidest thing you could do. That that's yeah. for sure. And some and probably something that would gain a lot of traction. Given then we could all of a sudden probably get an extra primo defender and mid kind of with that money, and, then you and just wait and see. Theory, yeah, waiting and seeing who is the number yeah. one and two. You know, potentially yeah. picking Grundy and Max going up, hundred k yeah. cheaper. What you couldn't do is run those three, Liberatore, Miles, Brody Smith, Robert and Toby Green, <laughs> and, and every single other one. <laughs> Not have any rookies at all. Yeah, just total mid-price team. <laughs> You're a good chance to win like a weekly cash prize, I reckon, with that. You'd probably win week one. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, you genuinely good. Tim Smith, is only four premium mids not enough? Well, see, that's what I'm running at the moment, and I do feel like it's not enough. Um, but at the same time, I, I feel like it, it kind of bats a bit deep if you kind of got Miles Lipper Walsh. So what I'm saying is that four primos is okay if you've got Miles Lipper Walsh to kind of help round out that midfield. But if you don't and you've only got four and you're kind of going straight down or you've only got one of Miles and Lipper, I don't think that's enough. I think, yeah, I think you need another one. I don't mind the four, yeah. I like to be six deep in the mids, whether it's the four and the two... Um, mid prices or a premium and a pr- premium. Premium up here. Um, a premium and another mid pricer. I like. I like the points. Again, historically, data says it. It's nothing new that all you know bulk points come from our midfield. Mm. And I think the lighter on you are in the guards early, the more points you're potentially leaking elsewhere. So I, I I like to have at least six, whether it's yeah the four primos and the two mid prices or five five primos and the one mid pricer. 
Mm. Uh, Lockie Neal, sorry, this is Matt Hodgson. Uh, Lockie Neal, thoughts on whether he's a genuine 100, I think that's meant to be 100 plus uh, point scorer even at a new club. You go first because I could be oh. for 45 minutes. Yeah, I, th- I think it's no doubt that he's going to be a 100 plus point scorer. It's just a matter of whether he's going to be top eight. Um, I- I'm coming around to it a lot more because I- I'm starting to envision circumstances where I don't actually start in that fife at the moment. I- I'm just getting totally off him, which is bizarre because uh, you'd struggle to find a man probably, well, Fife kind of rivals my love for merit in, in many ways. Um, but Lockie Neal kind of provides that safety, kind of almost guaranteed 22 games and good points at a very similar price point as compared to our Fife. So, yeah, I, I really like the Lockie Neal and respect anyone who kind of starts the season with him. Uh, he's locked into my team. Haven't moved him since. Don't think I will be moving him. My love for Lockie Neal is through the roof. I think he's going to be 115 or 120 plus. I think he's. I'm that high on him. Um, it reeks Tom Mitchell when he come down here. I know he's going up, not down, but. I yeah. Up in average though. Yeah, I can't see that. <laughs> just not having probably the best season of his career. I love what Brisbane have around him. I'm I'm huge on the guy, so. He's currently sitting in my team right now. I can't... I won't give it away. And is that name... Look, I know you said before, you know, you keep referencing stats lab and that sort of thing, and think about, you know, the top 10 midfielders right now, right? They're unlikely to be the exact same... Well, it's virtually impossible yeah, for them to be the, Yeah, Against the top Against stats lab, you'll see this this week. And, look, Lockie, the thing is, I mean, when I was kind of saying that, I was hoping Lockie Neal wasn't kind of in the, the top 8 or top 10, but he's sitting in at number 8 at the moment. But you'll kind of see fluctuations there. You know, you might see Jack McRae kind of slip down, and you might see with kind of locking your move, move up and that sort of thing. And someone who's got the history of points averages that, that sort of locking your has, it you you won't see him kind of dipping. And and kind of your worst case scenario is you're almost seeing him hover. And if you're paying 600k for a bloke that's going to average 112 on the year and play 22 games, and you know what, you're not disappointed with that at all. He's an accumulator as well. They always oh. score well. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just yeah, I think bar five, he's in such a better like midfield slash team, like right now. Up and coming. Well, I think, yeah, I think the strength for him is going to be he's going to get more chains and more scoring involvements, which will be rewarded by Super Coach. I think that's going to be the beneficiary for him. It's just crazy. Um. Uh. Oh man, Benoit no knees. Dallin Gray, good name. Um, do you see value in taking mid-rucks to go extra elite across mids and defenders? Very similar to the question before. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, Michael Caliminios. Cam- uh, I hope I pronounced that wrong because Michael is a huge fan of the show and props <laughs> to him. I love him. He's a great member of the community. Hi, elitist. Hope that's correct spelling. You can spell it however you want, mate. Loving the potties. Thoughts on Heater Shaw? Thanks. You go first. Uh, that name has not been sort of even in my realm of contemplation uh, since since now. What's he priced at? I couldn't even tell you what he's priced uh, at. Four ninety two, I think. Oh, no chance. Yeah. See, now this is the one that when you say the name, I. I don't like it because of how much he burnt us. You go have a look at his numbers and everything. He provides... It's not as bad as we think. Yeah, it really is. And even last year, you know he was a top 10 defender last year? Of the current... like if you, went, if you went... Sorry, not of... 
of the current so defenders. If you were in the current yeah. defenders listed, he would have been top ten, ten defender last year, um, which I think is crazy because I thought his year was atrocious. But there are worse picks out there. I don't think he'll be on kick-ins much longer, and that body is, was he, 34 this year? It's He's getting on. So but I but think you know what? Kick-ins probably don't influence him. He'd love to kick to himself more than he'd love probably football itself, to yeah. be honest. And so if he was on kicking duties, it's probably not increasing his stats by many. Yeah, I, but I think you got um, what's his name coming back? Not Wilson. Is it Wilson or the other bloke? No, nah, no, the Wilson's one that went up to Fremantle. What's the other one? Williams. Yeah. Is that yeah. Williams? Yeah, Williams on yeah. the four hundred k one. Yeah. yeah, so I think he'll take a lot more kick-ins there too. Uh, Benjamin Osman, how many teams will run two recognised ruckmen in twenty nineteen? Do you agree with Clarko's more goals from clearance theory? No, I don't because. But look, teams will find if teams want to put defenders back, they'll put it. They'll put a defender back. The reality is that once is it once the ball's left the square, once the ball's been thrown up, that people can kind of go anywhere they want with his zone crap. Uh yeah, I don't think that's more what he's talking about. I think it was Clarko coming out and said that you'll get more goals from a clearance than you will from just the zoning. Or are you relating the two? Well, I, I think yeah, I'm relating the two yeah. because I think he's talking about the six six six. So you may see more goals. Kind of from the centre square, maybe midfielders running through to the kind of the fifty arc, or more one on one or fifty fifty type contests in the forward line instead of defenders outweighing, which may produce then um, you know more goals and that sort of stuff too. But um, no, I don't think so because I think if team if teams want to put numbers back, they'll, they'll find it a way. It won't take long for things to be exploited. Oh, and the and the, the other thing is too, you've got to have them there. You can't just play them because they're tall. Yeah. Like, if you're sacrificing, you know, uh, an extra running player can actually use the balls just to play two Ruckman. Like... Nah. Two Ruckman is nowhere near the right thing to do, in in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but I, I ain't no footy coach. But but I hate it any time I see Carlton. Well, mainly because of all their Ruckman. Well, actually, their entire list is still pretty shit. But I think any time any time two Ruckman line up, I, think, I don't think it's ever a good thing. Uh, Will Harris, he's just wrote Ben Ainsworth. Um, gee, you know what? That's an interesting one because obviously that's a player who has an incredible amount of talent. But the reality is, is that he's still he's still a little fella, isn't he? Um, and I think that's what's going to produce a few problems for you. And I think kind of the value we have sitting around the forward line at the moment is probably a little too much to be able to deal with that. I mean, three hundred and thirty k for. A, of Loku, let's face it, he's kicked four goals in a game one time, and that's probably the only memorable thing I remember him doing on a footy field. So um, I, I can't justify spending 330k on someone like that when you're going to have options available who will produce similar outputs for half the price. The funny thing with, with these Gold Coast boys, I mean, you could reel off probably about seven or eight names that you think could go play in that midfield group this year and be their number one. Like, yeah. you know, Corey Ellis, Ainsworth, you could... Corey you, Ellis. You could just make a case for these guys playing midfield. You know? <laughs> so that's that's the argument. Like, oh. did you not see the Corey Ellis statement last week? <laughs> no, no, oh, I didn't. Oh, I should, I'll tag you. Know? Is, I thought yeah. I would have tagged you, know, to be honest. I reckon <laughs> yeah, I'm, I reckon I'm a bit annoyed you I didn't get tagged in that one. I just uh, declined <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I'll but, tell you what, though. If one, if one of them is going to go next level. If one of them is going to break out, I'm telling you now, it's, it's going to be... We'll, we've been big on Will Brody in, in this, uh, on this program here. 
Will Brody would be the one to do it. If you're looking for a Gold Coast player, and it, let's exclude Miles from this, but a Gold Coast player to kind of increase his average by 20, 25, 30, I think Will Brody's the one that will do it. Maybe let's keep this for the Gold Coast podcast because I'm okay. sure we can have plenty of arguments over that. Um, which leads us straight to our next question. Thoughts on Jordan Dawson? The the Sydney rookie? I'd assume he's talking about Sydney because there's another Dawson too as well, which is Gold Coast, but I don't think... I think that's Jack Dawson. I think that's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'd imagine it's the the Sydney one. Yeah, no, I won't be going anywhere. I won't be going anywhere near him. Um, two sixty k for me. That's um, for me that's far too much. I'm much more comfortable with someone like Sam Walsh, um, and I'm much more comfortable spending an extra forty k for Liberatore. Funny with all these names, especially those kind of plays, you need to see JLT form as well. It's like that same Gold Coast form. There's, yeah. There are so many traps in JLT that you got to be weary of as well. I mean. Uh, Matty Brownlow Wright was a JLT specialist when he was back in Adelaide. Um, you know, hundred after hundred coming to the, se- the season, he's starting to forward pocket, dropping forty. So you, you just got to be, you just got to be wary of all that. Uh, Jared Carter, is it worth maybe getting rid of Grundy or Gorn for a Nan Curse or someone along those lines? I think it means around the five hundred k. Yeah, for me, it's Gorn. If you get rid of one, it's Gorn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I don't hate it, and, I, and it's just because, again, StatLab this week, how much of a variable there's been in the rucks over the past couple of seasons. It's the hardest line to get right, honestly. It, it honestly is. There's not enough kind of, um, you know, historical data that can help you back up who's going to be the top next year again. I think the Ruckman take a, a more of a toll than any player ever. And this is why I'm so happy we've got someone like Grundy, who's almost a midfielder this year too. But there's every way he could finish outside that top five and, you know, someone else could come pip him. Because historically, it's what we've seen. So mm. When it comes to Ruckman, I really don't mind the risk that you take. Uh, Ashley Beer, rookies are in line for selection come round one. Is there any names that you could flick off the top of your head? As uh, I think Walsh and that, what's the that guy, the Carlton Yuli. guy? Yeah. The Fremantle. Oh, yeah. Gibbons. I think that Gibbons is an absolute lock yeah. to get um, drafted. Yeah, apparently Bailey's killing um, it. Tommy Bug going down. I think Collier Dawson's will play. Yeah, apparently was yeah killing the train track. There's been, there's been good things coming about him. Hind from the Saints as well. Yeah. And, you know, That's obviously kind of Will Setterfield providing his um, injury Fair. free, I think. Blakey. Um, Kavara, I mean, I've got Mac- McHenry, McAdam, those two uh, kind of Adelaide players at the moment. Forts half a chance. Um, Dersma, who else floating around? We got Wig in defence. I'm just trying to think what other defenders they they like that Jasmine McLennan as well. Um, the Gold Coast. Uh, I mean, they they kind of think he can replace Cole Dajie in many ways. Um, Gee, who else a stocker? I mean, Carlton invested pretty heavily in that one, didn't they? But there's probably only so many Carlton rookies that, that you'd want to be taken exactly. in. Yeah. I, I, don't um, think, I don't think they'll all get the round one berth. I, I think Walsh set a field given absolutely will. Yeah. And, and that'll probably be about it. I think, I think well, the way they're talking about Walsh, I think he'll be playing. and playing He might well. even be captain round one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 probably definitely win Carlton's best and this year, that's for sure. You could probably go with Carlton's <laughs> best and fairest this year. Well, or I, I could probably win the best and fairest at any of the league clubs. Matthew Crow, who do you see having the biggest increase in points from mid-price players in defence with the new kick-in rules with Williams, Ryan, Tui, Savage? Question mark. 
Um, see, see, for me, it comes back to it's not about the kickings. It's a matter. Of, it's about which players. You've got to think about which players are not already kicking to themselves. So we said straight off the bat, someone like Cade Simpson, this is going to affect him probably pretty good. But Cade Simpson kicks it to himself yeah. a fair bit. 50% so of the time, Cade yeah. Simpson, yeah. So his increase in, in points and statistic isn't actually going to be big because he's a, he was already kind of doing that to kind of get extra points. See, someone like maybe a Shannon Hearn who doesn't necessarily Short. kick it to himself. From Richmond. Short, yeah. Yeah, someone who... Who can really kind of kick long? I think Brody Smith. We're going to see a, a fair bit from him as well, kind of. And and you know, I'm doing a little bit of research into that, and that's why I kind of mentioned his name too, because that's who I'm dropping on tomorrow's articles uh, as a kind of a bargain pick. But someone like that as well, returning to that team, who can kick at 60 meters and really take advantage of this kind of you know run on or, or play on yeah. thing without having to kick it to yourself. I think I've seen I've seen a stat from Ryan. I think it was Luke Ryan that had. 71 kickouts last year or something, and he played on for one of them. Yeah, so maybe a Luke Ryan. Yeah, but the problem is they've got um, Wilson there as well, so... But Wilson played last year, and Pardon? he still took 71. He, yeah, but Wilson played last year, Yeah, but they, year, split, they split them even, evenly. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And what's to say they won't do that again this year? I mean, you know, I think that's kind of justifiable. The, so some, the, something like Ryan, mate. I think the most important thing out of JLT this year is who's taking kick-ins. I think that is, and their tendencies and how they behave, and I, I think it's something to watch. Even on your lesser teams, that are, their players are playing less minutes or there's more rotations or something like that, go through and just have a look who's taking kick-ins. Feb 28. That's when uh, JLT kicks off, so we're about three weeks away from that. Uh, Seb McArdle, Toby Green. I'd probably suggest going back and listening to the forward podcast that we recorded last week. Cause Sorry, I lost my headphones there. Sorry, bud. Did you uh, say Toby Green. I just said go back and listen to last week's podcast. You having a lend of me or you're all right? Oh, I'm back, mate. I'm back. Sorry, man. Okay. Something happened to me. Headphones here. Sorry, dude. No stress. Um, Jason Wern, uh, Nat Fife, great averages, poor overall scores due to injury-riddled years, worth the risk or look somewhere else? I'm looking elsewhere. I'm looking elsewhere. Look... I'll tell you now, if I think probably the my kind of top four at the moment, if, if price wasn't an issue, would be McRae, Cripps, Oliver Kelly. And Lockie Neal kind of tailing in behind there. You know, five for me is dropping and, and these stocks are dropping pretty rapidly. Uh, the news of the elbow scares the shit out of me. <laughs> it's always it's always something. But you know what? Don't let and, and you even just said this before, Pauls, don't let injuries, you know, Especially to kind of you know your real big dogs, don't let that affect you. Because yeah. we we seen that happen to Dangerfield last year. I wanted to start Clary last year, did I not? Yep. And what scared me off was that little shoulder concern. And you went Zach Merritt. And I went Zach Merritt instead, and that absolutely killed my year. The other um, thing, the other thing is to like that hindsight factor, but don't forget how good Nat Five is. Like we could get you could be round five, he could be. The clear-cut Brownlow favourite, you know, after the first five weeks, averaging 130, and you'd be looking back and just think, yeah, what? shit, how did I get that wrong? Like, you know... And we probably would. Yeah, but they're the, they're the kind of players too, but you make a perfect argument. Like, you've got, you've got to back your gut here. You, this is something that... When it comes to the primos, it's almost the one area that I reckon... You need to do your own research. You need to look at hard stats, and you need to block out all the noise. Because mm. yep. you're gonna hear, you're gonna hear 
you know, how many weeks do we get on here and disagree with everything? I mean, especially when you and Brett are on here, you don't agree on anything. So, you're going to hear some things that you want to hear from people and you're going to hear some things you don't want to hear. Well, to be honest, I mean, if I can bring it back to Brett for one second, probably the only thing we currently agree on is him not being present. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, James Epa, Lewis Pierce versus Longer, both cheap. Who will play round one, if not both? No, oh, look, you'd have to say Longer. I think Longer's in front you'd of him. He'd be though. a brave man to say Pierce would be Pippa Longer right Almost now. his first chance to have this team on his own in that ruck department. Yeah. I think uh, he'd be given first crack at it. Yeah, Toby Davies, uh, Jack Viney, Walters, Callum Sinclair. Yuck. Um, Walters, if I'm picking out of that. Yeah, because he could get some increased midfield minutes. Has yeah. to be fit, though. Viney, I wouldn't touch. Um, I just don't think he does enough. He's way too one-dimensional. Um, I don't yeah. think it'll be enough. And he doesn't accumulate enough ball to be a big bulk scorer. Because, um, like, yeah, you, you could make the same argument for Clayton Oliver, but Oliver gets more ball, does yeah. more win it with it. You'll see a lot of like Viney to Oliver or Oliver out to Viney. Like it's it's you know. You see a lot more Viney creating space. Yeah, he, he has bigger influence on on games because of his presence on field. Doesn't necessarily mean he has better stats. Yeah. And Supercoach at the end of the day rewards stats, not presence. It's yeah, it's it's just a bit of an an odd one that one. Um, uh, top three per line. Ooh. Um, that's a good question. Um, I think without doubt, back line, to me, that's probably the one I'm, I'm probably most confident on, Lloyd Laird Whitfield. I kind of don't see someone else challenging that. I don't know if you feel differently. Yeah, agree down back too. Yeah. Yeah, I can't Lloyd Laird Whitfield, yeah. Um, top three mids, um, this, is, this, is, this is hard. Because if, if you could, oh, gee, you could throw a blanket over so many of these. But I think for me, it's, it's Cripps. Kelly, and gee, it's real hard between Clary and McRae, but I'm going to say Clary because that's who's in my team at the moment. Uh, this is going to change 150,000 times too, but I'll go uh, Neil. I don't, actually I don't think Neil won. Um, I think Cripper won, Fife two, Neil three. That's just ah, better than Josh Kelly. Throwing, throwing a, a, a big Kelly. <laughs> Uh, uh, throwing huge. a big blanket. Um, yeah, well, now you say Cali too, so yeah, probably Cali. <laughs> like, you know, and you know, it'll change next week. Um, but that's hard. Rucks, they're the interesting ones. Uh, Grundy going Goldie, still for me. Yeah, like that too. Um, uh, and what have we got, forwards? Oh, it, I think we're both agree on this, but Danger, Menegola, Heaney. Yeah, agree. I Except I got... Obviously, Heaney and Menengola the other way around. Um, I think Heaney's going to have a huge year. Mm. But yeah, uh, Josh uh, Colvin, he's asking about leagues. When are we going to do leagues? Our leagues are going to come closer to the season. As always, we're going to have our big prize league where you've you know, got to get your creative entry in. We say this a lot. Really think about what you're going to write. We don't want to just say, I finished in the top 10 last year. It's 2018, Bombs. I don't care about 2018. I don't care where you finished. I want to hear creative. I want to hear some expressive things as to why you should be in the league. You know? I think one of the ones that got in last year was something about they wanted to derail the Bombs Express or something like that along those lines. 
Yeah, I think Brandon may have voted in on that one. Yeah. Though. I wasn't impressed with that, that's for sure. Let's uh, let's not just keep using that, but you know. I think I think I gave my vote to the bloke, to the only bloke that ever played paid me a compliment. I think. Yeah. Did I? <laughs> I think there was one guy that wrote a nice message, and I said, "Corey, I want him in." That and got him in. I'm that sure. could be very factual, and that was <laughs> that was through hundreds and hundreds of hate emails as well. And so you had to really search to get that one. I've actually um, got that sticking up in the wall. You put it in the frame. Jeremy Entwistle. Guns and rookies or a mixed mid-price slash both, having an issue making a pet competitive team. I think just comes yeah. down to the case. Just keep making them, keep taking photos. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, look, I, I think the best thing in terms of, I think the way to win it is to ultimately majority of your team is primo rookie complemented by kind of two or three um, mid-price players. But they need to be the right ones. Because that's what will make and break the season. Oh, if you're playing for overall too, it, like there's no way you can't have a couple of mid prices in there, but you yeah. have to nail them. Yeah. Like that's the thing, you yeah. have to nail them. If you're playing for league, you can be a little bit safer and just go the guns and rookies. Mm. So mm. I mean, it's it's not too often that we go with a huge mixer, but that's it's the same counteract like a counter argument. If you go some mid prices with those guns and rookies and you nail that, you probably win your league. Because yeah. um, you can save well, trades and kick through and yeah, all that kind of shit too. And you're getting a lot of early season wins, and I think that's why mid prices are, are important too. Because those teams who are, who will only run guns and rookies, and you've got one or two mid price kind of extras than them, then you're probably going to get some early season wins there. Yeah, it's only later in the season where they start rolling off their teams complete, but they've probably sacrificed the early wins to try and get there, and yeah, yeah. that kind of shit happens. Yeah. Um, over to Twitter, Abel Grant. At Irrepressible Able. Stable Able. Uh, stable Able. He got in last year. All right. Speaking <laughs> of the league thing again, this is yeah. the best entry I've ever had into a league. Agreed. Stable Able last year put together his own recording, own podcast yeah. recording. It, was, it went for about 30 Music seconds. Music in the background. As yeah, to every... why he should be in the league. And yeah. he was voted straight in. It was creative. It was, it was great. So... Hats off to you, Ailey. you got a big game to live up to this year. Any chance Swans give kick-ins to a longer kick other than Lloyd? I think Mills. I, I, I think Mills is the one who's going to resume, yeah, or not resume, but, but kind of take those duties. Um, and, and I think Mills is probably not being spoken about probably as much as he was year gone by, you know, just prior to his injury, because... People were like, oh, gee, you know, what a superstar. And I was nowhere, I was going absolutely nowhere near Mills, but gee, just the amount of all well, the lack of talk about Mills at the moment has me a little bit excited about uh, maybe that's someone who's sneaking under the radar. Good chance to get a riding in uh, one of the futures outside the mm. squares as well. He's mm. um he's a name right now. I was actually thinking about it today, Callum Mills, just about the passing of the guard in that midfield. A lovely kick, and I'm pretty sure last preseason he was practicing a few. He was taking a few kickouts. Um. Mm. It would not surprise me at all if he jumped on. on he has been touted to kind of move to midfield. That yeah. doesn't mean he can't take kickings. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that is the future of Sydney. Hills and Heaney. Hills, mm. Mills, Jesus. Mills. Just combine them. I'm just going to call them Hills from now on. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Meany? <laughs> nah, I'm going with Hills. Um... Uh, that was on the thread. Oh man, Twitter's so much harder to sort than Facebook. Uh, yeah. At the the Bull Supercoach at the underscore Supercoach underscore Bull. Uh, big fan of the show. Good question. Really like this. 
Players in 25% team ownerships or more that you'll consider not starting as a pod. Example, five slash Crips, etc. Have you ever looked at a player and thought that you would not start them because they were owned by too many teams? No. That thought has never, ever crossed my mind. Me either. Um, it's something... Because if you don't do that and then that player kicks off, you're... Say... say <laughs> Dangerfield. Prime example. I mean, no one's going to. But hypothetically, Dangerfield's owned in 70% of teams. Comes out and goes, 130, 130, 130, 130. You are, instead of ahead of 70% of teams, you're now behind 70% of teams. And you're yeah. not Dangerfield. Yeah, but... but- this this guy is the bull that, that said this. The, the bull's theory is that, well, let's not pick Dangerfield because I just beat seventy percent of teams who started with him, and now they suck, and I'm a better chance now to win the fifty k. Yeah. Nah, nah, I would not entertain that at all. No, especially with those kind of players. I mean, if it come down to like I'm picking, I'm challenging between Fife and Cali. If I like one more than the other, I'm not yeah. picking the other one because they've got less ownership. But that may come into someone's calculation. But I would just go with myself and, and kind of just say, who do I think is going to have the, the better season? Supercoach-wise, who's going to play more games? Who do I feel more comfortable with? And that's how I'll answer the question as opposed to looking at yeah, the other stuff, like ownership. Um, Liam Clark, oh my God. Wow. I've had Mills in my side since opening. Discuss oh wow. the pick and pros and cons of selecting him. We'll play mid-only this season. Yeah. And, and that's well, I don't know about mid only, but he'll have a lot more kind of midfield time. That that comes with a little bit of risk though, because playing in a halfback position is a softer entry point uh, into the AFL. Mills is also a very good intercept possession uh, type player, which in recent times has been more highly rewarded and regarded by champion data. So the increase in possessions he has. Is, is likely to increase kind of what we've seen before from an average, but it's a matter of what he can kind of do with the ball um, under that pressure. And I'm, I'm big on this, kind of liking this almost to Sam Doherty. Sam Doherty behind the ball, um, you know, playing in a halfback position. In like, yeah, yeah, absolutely no one better than him. What we started to see in the year where Doherty went nuts, he had average 120, whatever it was, I started to see him in the last six games just with how bad Carl's midfield was. Doherty getting pushed up into the midfield, starting in centre bounces, pushing up to the contest, you know, boundary throw-ins and that sort of stuff and playing in the midfield there. All of a sudden, that, you know, real precision-type kick-in that Mills has and that Doherty has was out the window because all of a sudden there's a lot of kind of hack kicks forward. And it's, it, look, it, it's a matter of whether or not he's going to be able to adapt and... Um, be able to deal with the different kind of pressure that he's going to be faced with now being around the ball. But it's a, it's a risky pick, but, I mean, you know, any one of that 400k price is a risky pick. And it's not to mention, I mean, him and Heaney are very similar with the way they can play. Um, they could both be using that Mr. Fix-It role, I think. Yeah. And I think... They can both jump. Pardon? They can both jump. Yeah. And I think you'll see them both have stints up forward, down back in the midfield. Then they'll almost rotate. You know that dime. We spoke about it. We spoke about it a lot last year. The, the, the diamond that um, that Frio were playing. You know, with Walters, Fife, and um, Lucky Neal. 
and we could get yeah he could get a little bit more of that too. Uh, Caleb Foster at Caleb Foster fifteen. I'm playing for overall, so I'm thinking of starting four primos up forward. Forward rookies always score less. However, there is so many rookies that appear to be lining up round one up forward and very few down back. Should people start four primos or take three rookie scores and the cash? JLT. Yeah, it's obviously a big weight for the, for the JLT because we don't know what rookies are lining up. We can only kind of have a feel now, but I'm weary. And I will say this, picking four out of your six forwards before round one is an incredibly tough thing. It's hard enough to pick two that you can kind of lock in. Very hard to pick three. Four is a borderline impossible task for me. You pick four premium forwards, they're not guaranteed to be top top eight. At least one of them, maybe even two, is going to disappoint you. And that's why I kind of like a more even spread it's around, you know, around my field. And it's yeah. always a thing, because the one question that you have, people are always like, I don't understand why people go the three and three, you know, three forwards, three defenders. If you think you've got the better options up forward, down back, blah, blah, blah. The reason you do it is because there's more room for error. Mm. And there's more room for correct, like not for correction, but for selecting the correct one later when you've mm. got the data on the season, when the season started and the players are coming out and, and doing what they're doing. Lloyd was a prime example last year, Bombs. Like, you were one of a few who got that right from the get-go. Yeah, well, yeah. the only one with enough intelligence. So yeah, so, and that's what I mean. How many teams ended the season with him? Probably everyone in the top 50K. Mm. Like, they're the ones that, you know, you probably, you probably were never thinking of starting him. If you did start someone else that you thought was going to be a lock for the top four back there, you might have missed out on not just Lloyd, but, you know, um, Go or someone else, you know, throwing names out. But I think yeah. it's easier in this kind of structures, yeah. Yeah, who would have thought Sicily was actually a top six defender last year? Yeah, well, me, but... That's yeah. <laughs> uh, John Hines, John NGH, you just asked about the structures we're running straight to the yeah. front of the podcast. But we'll that, over yeah. here, mate. Davey G at Gave Day. Highest scoring in all positions by the end of the season. Connor had the average, but I'll go... Oh. Yeah. I'll go Lockie Neal. Nah, nah, you know what? Screw I'll go Josh <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> you really throw us better in the works. You want to see hypocrite? Right there. Um, <laughs> Kelly... Who's down back? Defence. Uh, I reckon Laird. I reckon Laird's going to come back and 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 take. Actually, no, Whitfield. Sorry, I'm going to go Whitfield. I might as well just go the whole GWS team. We'll go yeah. Mumford in the rucks. Um, and we'll we'll go Cameron up forward instead of Toby Green. Um, for me, Whitfield, Cripps. Um, somehow Grundy's going to buck the trend and go back to back and. Anyone that doesn't think dangers the top forward is is probably in dangers of losing super coach. Jeremy Cameron, clearly. <laughs> it's so funny. Like when I was going through and doing the again, I'll plot it again. The stat lab sheet this week. Yeah. Um, having a look at Dangerfield as a forward, it's just a joke. Yeah. Like it's actually so messed up. Yeah. If you don't start yeah. him, you're an idiot. Supercoach would have been better if Danger was not a forward. I agree, but story for another day. Uh, Mark Kenner, would have been great if we got Dusty out forward too. That would have solved a lot of problems. Is Elio a chance to go 110 average? Should I start him? 110? Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think it was you that was speaking on um, one of our socials the other day, course, about Yo's year last year and how many poor first halves he had. That was me. Um, as compared to his second halves. And I think that's something that we can't ignore because those big second halves may have inflated his uh, his kind of numbers in terms of stats and that. Well, you can argue it the other way, that his first halves deflated his numbers. But I think it works the other way. I, I think it inflates the average. And it would not surprise me at all to see someone like Yo drop an average by 10. Yeah, Yo scares me, especially... And this is the thing I was saying the other day. He is such a team-first player that he will sacrifice his game any week for that team. The fact that we've got him as a midfielder only, it's just, the, I can't see him breaking into that mould of the top 10 midfielders. I, I cannot. Gaff, I can. When Gaff's back and ready on average, I can see Gaff definitely being a top 10 at West Coast. Shuey, I can't, but I think Shuey's got one position and it's in the guts. We've seen his grand final. I'm not saying go pick Shuey or anything. I think Yo out averages Shuey, but yeah, story for another day. The thing with Yo is if West Coast need him to go forward and play th- the third tall, he'll go do that. If West Coast need him to run on Patrick Dangerfield and completely shut him out, he'll do that. Oh, he'll try to. Yeah, he's selfless. <laughs> um, he's the perfect teammate. He's a freak talent, and it would not surprise... It honestly, it would not surprise me if he did play midfield only and, you know, did average 115-plus. But I don't think it's going to happen, and I think the risk of Elliot Yo at the start of the season, especially as a midfielder, is just way too high. There's a lot of teams that have him. He was floating around Twitter last week. There was a lot of conversations on him. And, yeah, I, I am... that Those scores worry me. Those scores, those second. What, what was that game when he had seventy? What was it, seventy something points in, in the like, last? Quarter. Yeah, in the last quarter. Yeah. I think I lost that week to Elliot yeah, as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, good Eddie. Who the ruck is top two? Who the ruck is top two? That, that's a we might have named that the pod. No, we can't name that the pod uses they are. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, gee, you have to say. Oh, well, I have to say, Grundy and Gorn, but um. Yeah, it's weird because I say Grundy and Gorn, but yet I'm not willing to start the two of them. Isn't that interesting? I feel like they're overpriced, and I think that's the reason I'm not doing it. Well, we're assuming that we're going to be gifted the Phoenix and something else around it. Yeah. Which right. means we could probably pick Gorn and kind of, yeah, yeah, a deflated season. If Melbourne go with the double Ruckman to start with, do you think that would still be around by the end of the season? No. I know. It's only going to be a short-term project because it is not going to work and I've said this multiple times but that Hogan out is going to do things to that team that, that they didn't expect it to do I think I, look I wouldn't be so I think it's going to be Gruen and Grundy but when it comes to the Rucks I'm pretty soft every year and back them in I was all about Cruiser this time last year um, I wouldn't be surprised if I seen Todd Goldstein kind of return to not his 127 average days but something to challenge um, yeah. I'm thinking I'm expecting a big year from Goldie I don't have the balls at the moment to pick him but um, just because I've got the Phoenix there and there's no way I'm not starting the season with Grundy mm. but yeah, 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 yeah. they're uh, all our questions on the two so anything else to add on this podcast went for so much longer than I thought it would that's okay. I mean, it, it's good to kind of do these kind of early questions and, and knock them out of the way because I'm sure we'll be bombarded in the coming weeks. But 
Um, I think one thing, and, and we'll be clear about this, is that guys will put out leagues when, uh, you know, we, we kind of got everything set up. So, you know, not to sound a little bit rude, but, it, you know, we're getting a lot of questions saying, when, when are we dropping, when are we dropping? But kind of just take this, we'll, we'll drop when, when, we, when we're good to go. And generally it is kind of a week or two um, out from the season. So keep yourself a league or two uh, free. I think you can join 10 leagues uh, on the year. Is yep. that right? So you just can keep also one leave off. leagues though, so it doesn't matter. And you can leave <laughs> leagues, yeah, at some point. But, I mean, you wouldn't want to, I don't know, that just seems rude to me. But, I mean, you might pull a Brit and do something like that. Who knows, eh? The other thing too is I just want to say is you can throw names. We're going to be there to answer questions. I'm always going to respond but a lot of the questions are going to be responded with, we need to see JLT form. We need to see something. Particularly um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's way too early. Those mid-prices that you're thinking about, it's kind of tough. It's it's really tough to give an evaluation without seeing any football, I mean, this year, because every year is completely different. Refer to the website as much as you can, because that's where a lot of your information is going to be. Um, Stat Lab is really heating up, and yeah, we'll have some more out this week. Bombs, what was the challenge that I set you last week? I can't even remember. What challenge was it? I don't know. It had something to do with Stat Lab. You were meant to go do something. Oh, Uh, that's right. No, yeah, it was all about that that, that Ruckman buy situation. Um, And I said I'd have that by the end of January, so I clearly lied on that account. um, So I let the listeners down as per usual. But I will do my best endeavours to have that out. Uh, That's right. We're going to have a shitload of content this week anyway. Yeah. So, um, all good. All right, community, on behalf of Bombs and myself and Brett in spirit, uh, peace out. <laughs> Thanks for listening.